the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 16 through 20 is what we will be studying today. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but they doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember that I am with you always to the end of the age. These are the words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I worship here at this church, but I serve in the uh, district of central Alabama as well as in this church. But the main important thing I wanted to tell you is that Judy and I, when we moved here, we moved down to live in a generational, intergenerational family with my daughter and her husband and three teenagers. Oh, I heard a lot of groan there. Well, let me give you one additional groan, but it really wasn't because I enjoyed every minute of it. Last night, we had 30-plus teenagers, seventh graders, plus or minus, over to the house for a swimming pool party that lasted and lasted and lasted. But it was all good. It was all good. Like many of you out there today, I'm an ordinary person. I'm a father. I'm a husband, I'm a grandfather, and I try to do those things that are right in my life, but sometimes I'm not so successful. As Tina Hardy said last week in her sermon, we are all works in progress, and we all have lots to do and much to grow in our lives. I find that frustrating sometimes because I'd like to be there now. One of my sayings says, God, give me patience and give it to me now. Sometimes, however, it doesn't work like that. So with those words being said, I really want to thank you for this opportunity to preach in front of you this morning, to give you God's word, to bring you his blessings of a message of hope and a message of thanksgiving. The overriding concern, however, for us today is that there are a lot of people out in our community, in our world, in our church, maybe even sitting next to you, who are hurting, who are without hope, who have blank stares on their face, who have nowhere to go, no one to believe in, no one to trust. And it's those people that I would like to talk to you about today. They have lost the light in their eyes their soul is missing. The darkness is ever-present amongst them. These are the people who look like us. They talk like us. They have dreams like us. Some of them have jobs like us. Some have grandchildren like us. Maybe you are visiting here in this sanctuary today, or maybe even listening on, online and thinking to yourself that, I don't know anybody like that, or none of my friends have ever approached me to tell me they were hurting. What am I supposed to do? Thank you, man. Appreciate it. I really don't need these. They're, I'm blind with them and blind without them. <laughs> I've had cataract surgery, and so 
you all look different to me today. Maybe you yourselves are without peace in some way this morning. I don't know what you are going through. I don't know how you are challenged in your life, whether it be through finances or be through communications or, or be through your job or, or just depressed over something that has happened in your life, like a health and wellness or a death in the family or something. I don't know all about this. We all wear masks. We all put our clothes on the same way, but we all shroud ourselves in other types of things to keep people from noticing how it is that we feel. We are tired, you and me. We would love to have somebody help us, but we don't know where to turn. Makeup and masks and the clothes we wear and sometimes how we talk serve to keep others from really knowing the truth about our desperate situations. But even though you or I might not immediately recognize such a person as we walk down the street, or even as you look to the person to the left or right of you, even though you might not recognize that person, we are called by Jesus. Actually, no, we are commanded by Jesus to reach out to people that God places into our lives. I have to... I don't apologize for anything that I'm saying today, but I do apologize because my Sunday school class is probably tired of me hearing this. But it's what God has placed on my heart from day one of being a pastor. And by the way, did I tell you it took 67 years for me to come to know about what a pastor is like? I've only been a pastor a short time. But God has given me a mission. He has given me a set of skills. He's given me a certain amount of resources and talents to use in the service of his army. You may or may not know it this morning, but you have a mission that has been specifically designed for you, specifically outlined for your set of skills. And he has given you the same thing that he has given me. I am no different from you and you are no different from me. But sometimes you and I forget that we are in this world of hurting people and we either can't see it, can't see it to make it happen or we don't make that choice to make it happen. In this chaos that we are living in right now, in this world, this place we call home, this world that is sort of collapsing all around us with different things, we are just struggling to keep our heads above water. We're struggling to just make it on our own. It's so hard to get above all of that and realize that there's people even worse out there than we are. Those are the people that we have to respond to. Those are the people that we have to reach out every day and seek out because we are called as Christians to do just that. No, we are commanded to do just that. God says, go therefore and make disciples. It's not going to be easy. It never is easy to step out of our comfort zone. I'm teaching a Bible study on Wednesday night right now about from Pastor John Ortberg, a retired Presbyterian pastor out of California. The name of the study is, if you want to walk on the water, you have to get out of the boat. Think about in the story of Peter, when he got out of the boat, 
when he was safe and secure, even though there was a storm, Jesus called him to walk on the water. What do you think happened in that story? What do you know to happen? Peter obeyed. He got out of the boat. I can't imagine what the other 11 disciples thought of him, knowing that he was so impetuous, knowing that he was always taking risks and moving before he thought about stuff. But going back to the boat versus the water, where is Jesus in that story? Jesus is out of our comfort zones. Jesus does not live in the lazy boy in our chair at home. He is not in our houses every single day saying, oh, it's okay. I know you don't feel good today. Just to stay home. I've got other people who I can ask to go help me in my mission. You see, we are a people who are on a mission from God, although I don't know if we realize it or not. Now, before you think this is a downer type servant and, a, and I'm accusing you of doing all these things, I want to say no. Bluff Park United Methodist Church, I don't feel falls into any of that category, but it could if we don't maintain our focus on whose we are and who we are in the life of Christ. This particular church has a mission. The national, the United Methodist um, denomination has a mission. The mission is to go therefore and make disciples for Jesus Christ. And Jesus adds one more thing. He'll be with us. He says, I'll be with you till the end of the age. That's a long time. That's way beyond my years. And I'm 76. Think about how old some of the characters were in the Bible that we've heard about. So I want to talk to you this morning in the time that we have about what your mission might be, what the difference is between your call and your career, and how you might serve in a capacity that you would feel like you were making a difference in somebody's life. To do that, I want to place, in, place you into context, and I want to tell you a story about a man named Paul. Not the Paul of the Bible. This is a Paul that lives somewhere in the United States. Somewhere he was on a business trip to New York City with his team. And he had been gone for a week. And he had been away from his family and his friends for a long time. But the meeting had been very successful. His team had accomplished all that he set out to do. All that they wanted to do. And they were exhausted at the end of the week and wanted to come home so badly. So they ran down the office steps and out onto the street and across, and they saw a cab waiting in the middle of New York City at rush hour. And that particular cab was empty, and they were so excited because now they could get to the airport to go home. But Paul, as he was running across, noticed that one of his team members accidentally knocked over an apple cart of a young lady who was selling apples on the street side. And so he went ahead and ran over there to the taxi cab, but then he said, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna stop for a minute. You, you guys go ahead. They told him, you'll miss your flight back home. He says, I, I need to stop. And he went back over and when he turned back to the young woman selling apples, 
he realized that she was blind. And she was there crying with tears running down her face, kind of sobbing silently. And he told his team members to go on and he went back and he started picking up the apples and placing them in a basket and organizing and taking out the damaged fruit and picking up the rotten apples and and putting them away and and he took a few bills out of his pocket and placed it in the blind lady's hand and and started to leave and he says he said before he turned around he said there these this little bit of money should help you in replacing the lost fruit And as he left, as he turned around to go back toward to find another cab, the lady reached out. She said, mister, he's turned around. He says, yes. He says, are you Jesus? And he thought for a second. He said, oh, no. Well, I, I only asked that question because... I prayed for Jesus to send somebody to help me to, to reach out and, and, and get me straight again. And, and I thought you were he. Well, Paul never made it home that night. He left the young lady and he had to check into a hotel near the airport. But he couldn't get one question off of his mind. And that question was, are you Jesus? And that's the same question I have for you this morning. Is that when was the last time somebody out in the world came up to you and asked you about Jesus? If you were Jesus, if, if based upon what you have been doing in your lives, when is the last time you filled a need for somebody that you previously may not have even known It's a great story because it reminded me for sure about all those people out there that we have a need to help, but we just can't get there from here. My dear friends, that is our responsibility. We are to use the skills that we have, our empathy, our resources, our time, our talent, those things which God has given us to step out of our comfort zones, to get out in front of the TV, to leave the house, to make definite plans to go to here or there and help somebody that you do not know because they are hurting. It breaks my heart and it should break yours as well. Can you take up that challenge today? Can you you leave Bluff Park and go and help somebody my wife bless her heart she's an angel to me and she has taught me so much about God one of the things she says to me she to to people when she meets them especially in a store or even on the phone calling Medicare or Blue Cross and Blue Shield or some Chico's or whatever she's calling she says the first thing out of her mouth she says thank you for being at work today I am so appreciate what you do. When was the last time you appreciated out of the kindness of your heart and shared yourself, shared the love you have for Jesus with somebody around you? When was the last time you were at McDonald's and told the person as you're driving through the checkout lane, thank you for filling up my Coke today. It tastes really good. I am so happy you're here. 
Do you think they get paid a lot at McDonald's? They don't. Do you think they get paid much at Walmart? They don't. Those are the people who are hurting, who you might interact with on a daily basis. There might be more. Our church has so many ministries. It's wonderful that so many of you guys are involved in the ministry of helping other people. And we, we need to keep that up. Because if we forget who we are in Jesus and who Jesus is in us, we will lose our focus and the church will go by the wayside. I came from a small conference, Western North Carolina. And in that particular conference, it just broke my heart sometimes when I, had to, when I, when I was asked to go and preach for a particular church in the countryside. One time there was four people in church. Four people. Another time in a larger town, there was eight people. I was asked recently to preach somewhere on the north side of Birmingham. And there was 20 people. But the Sunday before, they split. And now they had like nine. Churches like this, who do not have a unified mission and using their skills to help other people, are going to die. They will close. You may or may not be aware of this. I'm sure you are, but maybe have never brought it to mind that we as a church need to change the way we church. Because those doors out there operate in both directions. And if we keep ministering to the people in this church, even though that's a great thing to do, and forget about the people out on the outside of this church, they're not going to come in to ask any questions. They're not going to come in the doors to, to seek Jesus because all they see from out there is a bunch of hypocrites. Every church is that way because in their eyes, all we do is church amongst ourselves. What they would perhaps like to see is that us going outside these doors. We have to remember that those doors operate in both directions. We have a mission here at our church. Has anybody ever told you that? Do you know what the mission of this church is? Have you ever read it? Let me read it to you. This is this church. The church is a multi-generational church family that exists to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world around us around us. A subpart of the statement, sometimes known as a vision statement, is that we seek to be a congregation that is rooted in faith in Christ and growing in grace for those around us. Well, there you go. Our life is with Christ. We grow in grace and we help those that are out there who are around us. Not in here, but out there. Look at your bulletin. Look at the front page of your bulletin. Just pick up your bulletin and look at it. And look at the vision statement that our church has. A way that we can do this. On the very first page, it says we believe, we belong, we grow, and we serve. The churches who are closing, the churches who are dying, are actually doing the first two of those things really well. It's the growing and the serving that we are not so successful in doing. We have to change the way we are doing church.
I can hear you now, some of you saying, I have a mission? Oh my goodness. Let me tell you something. We all have a purpose. We're all supposed to love God first and then love our neighbors second. And that's the important thing for us. The difference between our calling and what we are called to do is what we are passionate about doing for the most part. I don't know what you're passionate about. I don't know what you're into. If you're a teacher, then your calling is to teach. If you're a pastor, then your calling is to be a pastor. If you're a gardener, then your calling is maybe to garden and grow vegetables for people who need it. I don't know what you're passionate about, but that's what your calling is. So make a list of what you like to do and live into it. Those are the kind of things that calling is supposed to do. You may or might not know it, but there's a comedian, which you do know, his name is Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey says there's two important things in your life, two important days in your life, the day you were born and the day you figure out why. The day you were born, the day you figure out why. I never knew Steve Harvey could come up with words like that. I only heard his comedian part of it. And while you may not be into him personally or his shows or anything like that, those words mean something to me. Because there's so many people out there who are wandering around aimlessly looking for their purpose. Do you have a purpose? Do you have something in mind that you can go and do and fulfill what God is asking you to do? Because if you know who you are in Christ and you have a purpose, then you know what to do. You can live into your call. A call is different from a career because a call is something that is given to you by God. A career is something that you choose. A call is something that lasts for eternity. A career ends upon retirement or death or whichever comes first. Your call means something to God. Your call should mean something to you. It's a way that we can connect. There are many blessings out there that we are missing out on by not fulfilling our call and performing our mission. Blessings that will cause the hair on your skin to rise up and shake your arms and you'll feel tingling all over because of things that God is asking you to do and gosh, you did it. How cool is that? How awesome is that? My, my granddaughter says, how bussin, how bussin. God is bussing. In our particular society today, we just don't seem to want to do that. Let me talk about skills just for a minute and then I'm going to close because I know it's time is going on. We all have been given skills that are related to our passion, that's related to our mission, that's related to our call. If you're a teacher, I'll use that example again, then your skill is to teach. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations by teaching. If your skill is using a hammer, go therefore and use that hammer to build somebody's house or to repair a leaky faucet or to go out and help somebody. That's what, you're, that's what you can do. It's just amazing to me how sometimes we just in our own struggles forget. And I'm not blaming you, please don't think that. I have my own set of struggles to go through. 
and you have your set of struggles to go through. All I'm saying is keep your eyes open for the opportunity, the opportunity that Jesus places into your path that allows you to say yes to God and no to yourself. Yes to helping somebody else in your life. I promise you his blessings will be forevermore the way that you are. I wish I had an hour. You probably wouldn't be here after an hour. But before we go, I want to give you one last thing to the mission that you were called for. And it's something you may or may not have ever heard today. In the Kairos prison ministry, Kairos is God's special time. In the Kairos prison ministry, we do not teach that we belong to a church. We teach that the individuals in this world are the church. We are the people who make up the church. This building and institution, this piano, this lectern, all of the things that we're involved in, we are not the church. They are not the church. We are the church. We as a people of God have to live into that thought. Membership does not a disciple make. Believing in God and getting out of here and finding somebody to help in your life, that's what's important today. That's what's important today. We have all been called to be on a mission. We all have skills that we can use, and we all have a purpose. Go, therefore, and make disciples of Jesus Christ. And he promises that he will be with us to the end of the age. So I ask you again, when is the last time that somebody came up to you and asked you if you were Jesus? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello, my name is Kevin Payne, and I'm the senior pastor here at Bluff Park United Methodist Church. Thank you for joining with us in our podcast of our worship celebration, the sermon this past week. I pray that you found it a blessing and that it enriched your life. If you are ever in our area and would like to join with us in person, we are located at 733 Valley Street here in Hoover, Alabama. Our service time is 10 a.m. and we would love to meet you. I pray you have a blessed week and hope to see you soon. Bye now.